Hey, Georgia educators, we have new discussion guides available to use with Classroom Conversations episodes. These discussion guides include open-ended questions to facilitate great discussion and professional learning after listening to each podcast. Find the new discussion guides posted with the Classroom Conversations episodes and blogs in Georgia Home Classroom. Educators, this is Classroom Conversations presented by the Georgia Department of Education and Georgia Public Broadcasting from the hot mics of GPB Studios in Atlanta. Welcome to the platform for Georgia's teachers. I'm your host, Ashley Mingwasser. I'm a real host, but in podcast form, I'm not 3D. But today's topic is it's 3D science. Now let's hope my interview doesn't fall flat. Ignite your Bunsen burners, rinse your graduated cylinders as we prepare for a real phenomenon. Phenomena. Phenomena. Today's guest says science is in her bloodline, even though she spurned the subject in her younger years. Amy Brown is the trifecta of 3D. She teaches third grade, first of all, and leads instruction in three main subjects, science, math, and social studies at Northside Elementary School in Houston County. Amy is also a curriculum writer for Houston County, so she helps design the lesson plans. Hi, Amy. Hey, how are you? How are you? I'm good. I love that you're a curriculum writer. That's so interesting. Thank you. Does that take quite a bit of your time when you're not in the classroom? Um, not really. We tend to do it in the summers. Okay. So yeah. that's your summertime gig. Yeah. Just out here writing lesson plans. Yes. Or components of lesson plans. Um, it's really great because we get opportunities to have extra training and sometimes we get to, you know, train other teachers throughout the school year. So that's nice. Um, and it really wasn't anything that I wanted to to do to begin with. It kind of fell into my lap. So it's been fun to um, be a part of that for sure. Can't stop, won't stop. I love it. And mm-hmm. what is your connection to science? I, it runs in the family, you told me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, I really was not interested in science when I was growing up. And so um, I feel like it runs in the blood because my dad was actually a zoology major when he was in college and really? he ended up doing nothing with that. Um, <laughs> he was He's a businessman now. But um, also, his grandparents, my great-grandparents, they were um, big into plants, and they, like, sold plants to friends in, in the community and things. And my aunt, she's a big gardener as well. And so when I met my husband is really when I started to learn more about plants and hunting and animals and fishing and all of that. So I just really, like, got super interested in it. So I, You embraced like I said, the wild. Definitely. Which, <laughs> oh, yes. which probably helped you embrace science. Which is now Definitely. your favorite subject. It is. But when I first began teaching 18 years ago, it was always my favorite. Oh, okay. And I think it was because it was so hands-on. like, yeah. And it was more fun for me to teach. But then as I got older in my career, I realized, like, I'm really interested in this. And I really want to take off with this. Look at that. So yeah. what do you love about science? Tell us more about that. I love that it's hands-on and engaging. And you get to have, like, all this inquiry about life. Like, 
why is this this way? Why does this work this way? And um, I feel like there's there's really no wrong answer in the beginning. When you're learning as a student, and I struggled so much in school growing up, and I always was scared to say the wrong answer. And so I think with science, I feel like most kids have an even playing field because, you know, they're looking at something and they're, they're just asking a question. They're yeah. just making an observation. Like, anybody can do that. Exactly. Yeah. We're just trying to get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. We can all ask interesting questions and Definitely. form different hypotheses. Mm-hmm. True or false, and this is in the realm of you, okay, Amy Brown, uh, you have eaten rattlesnake. True or false? This is true. What in the world? Is this a love of science? You're you're paying your homage to the wilderness out there? I don't understand. I think um, this was just, you know, my husband and I had a rattlesnake in our driveway. We took care of it, (laughs) you know, and... um, once he had killed it, I was like, okay, I want the rattle now. I got to have the skin now because, you know, I was thinking Class, about my students of immediately. And then he was like, you know, you can eat rattlesnake, right? And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. So I had to try it. I did not enjoy it. You did not. <laughs> no. Describe rattlesnake. All I could say is that it was very chewy. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't support this <laughs> whatsoever. And you told us this one a little bit, but I want to know specifically, you know how to hunt and can, true and false. True. I'm getting better at canning. So, that, so yeah. So that's yes. a little, that's true and false. Like I set it up. Yes. And you, I only know how to hunt because of my husband. I can't say that I personally have killed anything yet, but I've gone with him on many adventures and he's been teaching me a lot. Right. You're hunting Mm -hmm. adjacent. Yes. Exactly. Okay. And what can you can? What can you can? Yes, she can can. Um, Like okra, pickled okra and um, jalapenos. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. And we also freeze and blanch a lot of things. So, okay. Um, We love to grow uh, zucchini and squash. It thrives very well in the area that we live in. Jalapenos thrive very well. Uh, green bell peppers. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we do tomatoes. Oh, yes. They don't always do well, though. They don't? No. Do you ever do fried green tomatoes? Oh, yeah. Of course. So good. I bet they're better at your house than any restaurant. Yes. And, again, my husband is the cook. Okay. He's phenomenal. <laughs> I've got to meet this man. What's your husband's name? Dustin. Good job, Dustin. <laughs> Teaching her everything she knows. Oh, yeah. Keeping her love of science alive. <laughs> True or false, last one. You once met John Travolta in the flesh. Oh, false. Oh, yeah, I know. I wish. I totally made that up just to invoke the <laughs> 1996 classic film Phenomenon with John Travolta <laughs> and Kira Sedgwick. Why? Because we're going to talk about what Phenomenon is in this episode Absolutely. and more about 3D science. Uh, and in your personal 3D reality, Amy, you have a big renovation underway right now. What are you renovating, ma'am? We have um, a farmhouse that we bought. It's about 120 years old. And so we're about to start renovating that and living in a camper. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There needs to be a companion Instagram account for this experience. I, I know. Many people have asked. I'm still debating. <laughs> does the camper have all the amenities one would need? Yeah, it does. My mother-in-law gifted it to us. And <gasps> it was already on the property. And it's got a septic set up and everything. There's a shower and kitchen bed and everything. That's so. lovely. So yes. you will wake up in your camper and go to your classroom from the camper to the classroom and back. For mm-hmm. how long will your renovation take on your farmhouse? Um, we're hoping by the end of summer we'll be done, but you just never know. We're going to keep the bones of the house for sure. Okay. But you never know when you get into a renovation. This is our second home we're renovating. So. Oh, you've done this before. We have done this before. Okay. Just not with an old farmhouse. You're not neophytes. Yeah. The bones of the house. You're probably also keeping the bones of whatever was once there 120 years ago. Definitely. Creatures all around the property. Yeah. We actually have a chicken coop, so we're going to get chicken soon. Oh. And it's four acres. It's beautiful. It's really flat land and it's right. uh, It's basically surrounded by pecan orchards. Okay. Okay. It's gorgeous. What other animals? 
Um, for now, just chickens. We have our three uh, pit bulls. Well, as we tap into the realm of science, here are two quotes I just want you to think about. Here's the first one. Science is the process that takes us from confusion to understanding. That's Brian Green. What do you think about that one? Oh, I totally agree with that. You know, you look at something and you go, you know, why why is this happening? I'm, I'm very confused about this. And then as you inquire and learn more, especially in the classroom, and you get to interact with reading and writing and um, getting educated on it, and it starts to unlock and make sense. And when you complete like a lab or some kind of concept like that, you can watch it in action. So I definitely agree. And Green also said this one, when kids look up to great scientists the way they do musicians, actors, and sports figures, civilization will jump to the next level. Definitely. Role models are so important for children, whether it's the actual teacher in their classroom, a peer of theirs, or someone famous in the world that's done something really great. Something you should know. And here are two very profound science quotes that I like, Amy. We are all star stuff, Carl Sagan, simple yet effective. Mm -hmm. And this one from Bill Nye, science rules. Oh, I love Bill Nye. I grew up on him. (laughs) Two words, says it all. Science rules. Definitely. (laughs) I like your point about really thinking about science in our everyday lives and noticing scientists all around us and people who are pursuing science. Tell me about this book that you share with your students about a an aspiring young scientist. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite books is called Rosie Revere Engineer. And it's about a little girl and she has all these wonderful ideas and she starts creating things and trying to see if they'll work. And some of her products start to work, but then they fail. And she gets laughed at and she's super embarrassed and she doesn't want to try anymore. But then she has this aunt named Rosie who's like, oh, silly girl, like you you got this item to start to work and you're supposed to fail. How else are you going to succeed if you don't fail? Wow. And so she keeps trying and she has success in the end. And her, aunt's, or her aunt talks about like the only true failure can come if you actually quit. Beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Your kids like hearing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's a good message. Well, today we're looking at 3D science under the microscope. And my first question, Amy, is what is it? <laughs> what is <laughs> know, 3D right? science? You hear 3D and you think, oh, it's going to be like 3D printing Link or something really cool. Width, depth, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Which it can incorporate that for sure. But um, really what it is, is like when I first began teaching 18 years ago, I did a lot of one-dimensional science teaching. I was teaching the discipline. I looked at the standard and I was like, okay, we're going to read about it. We're going to maybe watch a video and we're going to write about it. And and that's still effective, you know. Sure. But now it's so much more. What it is, is it's taking the normal disciplines that we would teach, you know, earth science, life, physical, engineering and technology. And we're taking that and we're unlocking it and we're just making it even more student driven. In the past, it was teacher driven and now it's more student driven. And so we also incorporate incorporate disciplinary core ideas um, and this with the scientific practices like investigation, asking questions, Ah. analyzing data, things that actual scientists do in a lab. And then um, we use cross-cutting concepts as well. So we're looking for patterns. We're looking for proportions. We're looking for cause and effect and things like that. And so it's like this interlocking integration of all these things. And everything is centered around science phenomenon. I love it. And so um, you want me to elaborate on that? So that's the 3D part of it. That's the 3D part. It's based on Mm -hmm. something real. Yeah. Was it an easy process or did it take time to implement when you first transitioned to 3D science? Okay, so for me, it took a while because um, I had been teaching it one way. And so, like, as I began learning and began curriculum writing and learned about what it was, 
it took me years to like develop that curriculum. Like each year we would do something different in the summers and kind of add to it for our county because we create lesson plans for our teachers, which is a beautiful thing. So we have these, you know, lesson plans written based on 3D science for these teachers to just pick up and, and do, with, yeah. which is great. Um, so I was having to really like understand it better, learn about it, research it. So it took me a little bit longer. But as far as picking up the lesson and doing it, oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part, you know. So, so it has gotten easier for you since oh, yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, you teed up the next question, which is what are phenomena? I didn't want to like tell too early. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in layman's terms, phenomenon is basically something in the natural world that can be explained scientifically. It's not like magic. It appears to be magic, ah, but it can actually be explained scientifically. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. A phenomenon. Describe, describe you, talk to me a little bit about this. The 5E model yes. with 3D elements. What is the 5E model? So most teachers are probably familiar with the 5E model because okay. especially if you're like a newer teacher starting out because you, that's probably all you know. Right. You know, um, and it's part of 3D. So like it's like five different components in a lesson plan that um, really get the student, make it student driven, really get them engaged. And so the first, the first E stands for engagement. And so that's when you introduce your science phenomenon. So you might like, for example, one of the um, one of my favorite lesson plans is from Picture Perfect STEM, um, which is like some lesson plans that you can purchase and buy. Like it's a great 5E model that teachers can use. And um, one of the lessons they have is about turtles. And that's something that we study in third grade. We, ter- we study like habitats and organisms and adaptations. And um, the first thing we do is we post a picture of like turtle tracks in the sand on the coast. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing in the picture other than that. And you just post it up and you ask the kids, like, what do you see? What do you have questions about? And, you know, some of the kids have been to the beach and they might have seen that before. And they might be like, I've seen those at the beach before. And then other kids may not have that background knowledge, but it brings them to like the same playing field because they're looking at the same picture and they're asking the same kind of questions and being able to like engage in that. And so um, it really gets the kids engaged. And then you continue to come back to that phenomenon. And that's a phenomenon. Like, it's simple, right? Turtle tracks is a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon, totally. And a lot of times I used to think, like, oh, phenomenon has to be, like, a black hole or something, like, really hard to explain. Mm-mm. It can be anything out there in the natural world. It can be very simple. Anything that you're inquiring about. And so um, after, you know, we engage them with a phenomenon, we then explore. So what I used to do when I taught back in the day is I would say, hey, we're going to learn about plants today. And now we're going to um, read about plants and now we're going to watch a video and let's write about it. OK, moving on. And then as I you know, developed more of my education, I'd be like, hey, maybe we might watch a plant grow and record a plant growing. But now it's like more student driven. So like the kids are going to do like all these labs and hands on experience experiments. And sometimes they come up with their own stuff. Hmm. Like they'll be like, can I try this lab out? Like when I teach rocks and minerals, a lot of times kids will be like, I want to do like a sink or float lab. Uh, and I'm look like, at that. Okay, let's Genius, try it out. Yeah. yeah. So they're in this explore phase. And then we go into the explaining phase. They start to read. They start to watch videos. I start to kind of like fix misconceptions they may have. They and start that's to where get to the bottom of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they may elaborate on it. So they may like apply it in a different way. Um, they may be talking about like how life cycles of a turtle are very similar to the water cycle. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Or very simple to bicycle parts. Like it's just 
that's how it works. And so, and then there, and there's some type of evaluation piece at the end. So evaluate is, mm-hmm. is piece five, and that's the yeah. 5E model, and you're, you're just using it in the 3D context. Exactly. I yeah, it's it. just part of it for sure. And um, it's, it's, it's just really, it's a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal way to teach science. The kids get really engaged and interested. And like, I have to say, I mean, you're not always kind of have every student love science, but in third grade, most of the kids really love science. They really want to know they more like about it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's usually one of their favorite subjects, if I remember correctly. Yes, it's definitely one of mine. And how, <laughs> we know. And how does how does centering science instruction around that phenomenon provide opportunities for all the students? You already kind of mentioned that they're mm-hmm. starting from the same place. Yeah. What other ways do you see them all kind of draw into the subject? I think they kind of all get interested in it. Like, you know, somebody might have seen a picture in a book when they were reading the you know about the tracks and not have been very engaged. But then when you like display it in front of the class and you kind of make it mysterious and exciting, everybody's interested in it. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. How does centering science instruction around phenomena um, really make you rethink children's ability for understanding and engaging in science? I mean, 3D probably changes the game for what you see that they could be capable of, right? Absolutely. I mean, as educators, you know, we have we are differentiating learning all the time. So you still have to do that, you know, Um, but with this 3D model, the kids are able to, like I said, it's student driven. So they're able to lean into each other. They're able to teach each other and share with each other. Um, they're more on the same playing field. Everything's really hands on and engaging. And that makes it much easier. Like if a student has a learning disability and they're they're not the best reader, but they can still look at a picture of a phenomenon and react to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I want to share this to you because it doesn't just have to be a picture that you post for a phenomenon. It could be a video clip of something. It could be a science mystery. Like mm-hmm. we have stories that we'll read to like unlock the phenomenon and get the kids interested. It could be a science probe, which is like a lot of times like a question with maybe like a checklist. Like one of ours is about rocks and minerals. And it says like, um, which of these items do you think are rocks? And it's got like jagged boulder, um, uh, pebbles, sand, and they have to put an X if they think it's a rock or not. And this is like you do it at the beginning of the unit. So you get good background knowledge on them. And then they have to define what they think a rock is. Uh And then you can return to it at the end of the unit and see how much they've grown. It's kind of the reverse approach, right? Mm -hmm. You're starting with the end result and then you're, you're going back and looking at how it came to be, which yes, you are. It's wonderful because you already have the hook. It is the hook into the learning. How does teaching 3D science uh, support other content areas maybe? Well, it really supports it very well because, you know, um, as you're learning about the content, you know, you're able to incorporate reading skills. And a lot of the cross-cutting concepts are like literacy related, like cause and effect and things like that. And you see cause and effect and, you know, we have to teach that in our reading elements and our standards. We have to teach cause and effect and theme And so um, you see that in science. Of course, you're going to use math integration because if you're doing any kind of lab and recording anything, you might be weighing rocks. You might be measuring a plant and how tall it's been growing. So you're using your math skills. And then, of course, we write about it. We have kids also, like, you know, share out about it and, like, present presentations in class. So they're practicing their speaking skills. And so they're really integrating, like, all all the other disciplines that we teach. And, like, I feel like science is the one only subject that does that. It has every subject in it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's an access point to other disciplines as well. Yeah. And you mentioned phenomenon 
that that is not magic, that we're looking at something real world Mm -hmm. that we can measure, that we can look at and inspect. So how does three-dimensional science help engage students' background knowledge? They're able to come to the fore with some things they know sometimes, Mm -hmm. I imagine. Definitely. And I think it makes them even more curious and even more excited because maybe they've like experienced that or seen it, but they didn't really know how it works scientifically. So they were thinking it was magic. And um, we'd love to like, you know, believe in magic and that's exciting. But it's also fun to like have the science knowledge behind it and then to go share that out. They'll go home and share with their families about it. And, (laughs) you know, everybody they can, they get really excited. That's beautiful. Science is exciting and has almost the same sound. That is cool, though, because like we're talking about, it almost makes them more enthusiastic to see behind the curtain. Definitely. They get it. They understand the why. And that's even more dazzling than if you knew nothing, I think, sometimes. Yes. I mean, as a kid, when I was learning, I like I told you before, I was never interested in science at all. True. Because I think it was so one-dimensional. Ah. And it did not make sense to me. And when I got into high school and we were incorporating math, I was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Let me just get through this course, I, you know. And then um, being able to teach it to third graders. I mean, we have really fun curriculum at the elementary level, too, I true. feel like. That's Everything's true. like, like life science is probably one of my favorite things. I like earth science, too, but... Um, life science is great because it deals with animals. And I'm such a big animal lover that it's just fun. I learn. Every time I teach them, I learn something new. Every time I introduce phenomenon and hear them inquire, I'm like, I didn't think about that. That's (laughs) really cool. It's bringing up things you want to delve into further. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. What would you recommend to a teacher who is new to 3D science? It is all the more fascinating. It's probably a lot more to think about. What are some of your best tips for teaching this? I think... Um, just give it a chance. That's like really my biggest thing I would say, because like if you're if you well, I will backtrack here. Make sure you have a lesson plan that is incorporating 3D science. Make sure you're using that correctly. And once you have that, just give it a chance. Maybe like find a veteran at the school that's doing it um, and pair up with them and kind of like make sure you're doing what you need to do. And then like just go for it. Like I always love Miss Frizzle, like of take course. chances, make She's mistakes, so get relatable. messy. Yeah, <laughs> she is. And so like I was telling you before, I am a teacher that's like organized chaos. I, I like I'm like, OK, we're doing a lab. We're going to get, get really messy. messy. <laughs> but then I want it cleaned up. You know, I like the structure, too. But a lot of teachers either don't have the time or they're stressed out about getting the materials managed and all of that. So if you team up with other colleagues and share out the materials and prep it together, um, that can save you some time and just take the risk. Give it a try. Look at the 3D model. Look at the lesson plan and just try it out. I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised with how fun it is for you and for your students. And just how accessible it makes the learning targets as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like having a constant visual aid, which is the dream, honestly. Okay. What are your top three 3D science subjects? Um, I, like I said, I love the picture perfect, there's picture perfect science, picture perfect STEM books. And one of my favorite lessons that we are allowed to use because we bought a license for them, um, is the one on turtles. Turtles. That's Mm -hmm. a good one. The kids just love it. It teaches all about like how turtles like migrate and how they come back to the place they were born to lay their eggs and how the moms abandon them. And the kids just get so excited. How the moms abandon them. They do. They bury the eggs and they leave. They cannot get over that. And then we do, oh, we have one we do on lichen. The organism that grows all over the trees and stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that a fungus or? Yeah, it's like yeah. a type of organism like fungus. And it we um, we introduced that one with a science mystery story. And so it's about these kids that are like out in nature and they're seeing it everywhere. But then they're seeing it on cars and doors and they're like inquiring about what it is. 
Then we get iPads in the explore phase. We get iPads. We go out to the school campus outside and we hunt for lichen and they have to take photographs of it. Lichen Mm -hmm. hunting. Mm -hmm. You're bringing your hunting discipline to bear. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then um, we come back in and we put it in bags and we observe it. Like we analyze it and like get magnifying glasses out and take notes and record facts. And they have to go home and find lichen at their house and share that. I mean, they get really into it. Lichen hunting. This yes. is this needs to be a thing, Amy. Yeah. This is this is a thing that you need to spearhead. And what's a, what's a third favorite lesson that you like to teach? Um, we we have just been doing rocks and minerals, and so um, I introduced that one with a with a science mystery as well about two little girls that climb a mountain with their dog Ticket, and they're <laughs> climbing the mountain and they're noticing all the different rocks, sand, boulders, loose stones, stones that collect water. And they're like, why are all these the different sizes? Why are some down here and up here? I mean, they have all kinds of questions about it. And then uh, we go on a rock hunt, more hunting outside, collect rocks, <laughs> and record and observe the rocks, weigh the rocks, measure the rocks, do all the things with that. And then the kids are able to um, learn about how we would, like, characterize rocks, like, by their color or by their um, size. Or how they were made by the earth. Geology is just so fascinating. Definitely. I took it in college. Wonderful. I got I became very fascinated with lead pencils. Really? Lead. <laughs> Geology. This is amazing. Well, thank is you amazing. so much, Amy. Amy, any last words about 3D science before we go? Um, I would like I said, just take chances, make mistakes, get messy to quote Miss Frizzle yeah. and um, just enjoy it. Have fun. Yes. You yeah. would make Miss Frizzle so so proud. Oh, thank you. I bet she knows that you're here today. <laughs> Okay, here's one phenomenon to track and share far and wide, this podcast series. And there's scientific proof that we'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, just remember your five E's when you're exploring the 3D model. And remember that you're a great teacher. I'm Ashley. Goodbye for now. Funding for Classroom Conversations is made possible through the School Climate Transformation Grant. 